young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs>everybody and welcome to another episode of Young Black Equestrians with your hosts Apriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. Today we have Renee James on the line with us all the way in the UK. Hey Renee. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia's like hey. <laughs> all right well let's go ahead and get started and tell us you know about yourself what discipline you ride and give us a little bit of info on this sweet baby too okay so i'm my name's renee i've been riding all right that's going to my quickly eight years now i'm 21 i've been riding since i was 14. um i'm from the caribbean so i'm born in the uk but i'm from caribbean heritage in antigua and barbuda um i've lived in antigua over the past couple years i've literally just come back from antigua last year Mm-hmm. Um, I ride in like discipline of show jumping and my goals and ambition is basically to be an Olympic level show jumper and not only to be one of like the few black few maybe first black equestrians to compete in the Olympics, but I also want to represent Antigua and Barbuda because we've never had an equestrian rider actually compete in the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, awesome goals. I know, I know. You don't I guess I never thought about the representation from just smaller countries like they just don't have anyone period competing versus you know the u.s only having white people competing you know um uh, i think that that'd be pretty cool pretty cool and so this is miss amelia when does she join the (laughs) ybe crew (laughs) the ybe crew um march like literally a few weeks ago like six weeks ago so yeah she didn't want to be put down so she's making a future <laughs> <laughs> that is all right that's all right she is welcome here for sure yes, um, so how did you even get into horses so i've always been addicted to horses like ever since i can remember when i was little i remember literally every single occasion birthday christmas easter i was asking my dad for a pony never materialized but you know i did try it a lot mm-hmm. um the first time i ever sat on a horse i was nine years old i was in antigua for my parents renewing my mom and parents my grandparents renewing their wedding vows mm-hmm. and i went to a summer camp with my cousins and i sat on a horse and it was the best feeling ever i was like oh my god again 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 and i literally sat there and begged the guy to ride his horse again until he let me back on for another ride and it's like from there i was hooked yeah Oh, I love it when we start out as kids and some people say that their parents thought it would just be a phase and then it's not. <laughs> yeah, I bet my dad wishes it was a phase now. Yeah, I'm like, but you could be obsessed with other things, you know, like this is a very productive thing to be addicted to. Productive <laughs> and expensive, but yeah. worth it. <laughs> but worth it. You know, you yeah. stay out of trouble, you stay out of jail. So <laughs> best addiction to have. 
So tell us a little bit about your writing journey. Um, you know, did you start off with having lessons or did you kind of, like, how did you kind of get into the industry? So lessons are ridiculously expensive here. I don't know why they're so expensive. Like, it's cheaper to learn to drive a car. So I started out volunteering. So I didn't actually start volunteering until I was 14. Mm -hmm. So I volunteered at this stable called Rice at Park Stables. And it was really nice people. And I would literally spend every weekend there, school holidays. I think I'd leave my house at like six in the morning, groom the horses, muck them out, tack them up. They didn't do lessons there. They only did like trail rides. We'd take the horses out. Like I'd lead the horses with kids on them. And mm -hmm. I'd do that all day, every day. Happily run around the field with the horses and do things like that. And then from there, I would, we didn't have like structured lessons because I didn't have an instructor there. So it'd be that we take the horses, we go out in the woods and we ride. So that's basically how I like the foundations of riding. Those, got those sessions, just going out in the woods, sort of copying what I've seen other people doing, copying what I'd seen on YouTube, because I used to sit down and just obsessively watch videos of how to ride when I was wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and I did that up until I was about 16. When I was 16, I actually started working so I could pay for a few lessons here and there. And then when I turned 18 is when I moved to Antigua. And when I moved to Antigua, God bless my uncle, he paid for me to have a lesson every single weekend Aww. while I was studying over there. So I'd have continuous lessons at this barn called Spring Hill every single weekend. And then I have a good friend, um, she, Janet, she would literally, she has so many horses, like an insane amount of horses. She's probably got too many. <laughs> that doesn't run. exist. The limit does not exist. <laughs> yeah, true. So she would let me ride. Um, whenever I liked, we'd do lessons as well. And then I ended up teaching younger kids lessons at one point. Mm -hmm. So I sort of learned from there, learned from what I saw with other people, have my lessons as I got older. And now where I'm at is just a baby. As soon as Corona wants to calm itself down, um, I'm going to go back to having lessons and carrying on with my training. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. I cannot wait for Corona to get up out of here. <laughs> Yes, it's putting a kink in so many plans. Listen, it's like the whole show season this year has been cancelled. Like, everyone I know is complaining. I'm yeah. like, great, I'm not the only one missing shows this year. It's a bit selfish, but... Suffer with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can completely understand that, though. Like, I try to look at it, try to look at the bright side. Like, I feel like the world is slowing down or has yeah. slow, slowed down. So for those of us who have been trying to get something done, it's like we get to like catch up while everybody is just kind of moving in slow motion. So I'm like, okay, it's time to do stuff right now. Now's the time before we open back up and everything's back to normal. Now this, now's the time to get stuff done. So I agree with you, man. I mean, you don't get those, you know, first shows to work out the kinks, but maybe they'll try to make it last a little bit longer i don't know yeah it'll probably be like the end of the year before shows are back on here because we've had it so bad mm -hmm. yeah yeah that, that would be the safe thing to do honestly. Yeah. honestly i wonder how it will be for the trail rides here <laughs> social distancing trail rides keep two horse distance apart no yeah it would not happen no. <laughs> know they, how that could work <laughs> they are out there already okay they yeah. are like there ain't no corona in the woods come on y'all <laughs> what <laughs> right. 
What? Okay. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the challenges outside of, you know, having to afford lessons that you face by being in this industry? So being a black equestrian, it's really difficult because there's nobody that looks like you. So it's like, I'll go to shows and people will look at me sideways. Like, who is this person? I actually went to a show and my family came to watch and the photographers took a load of photos of my family just spectating. <laughs> like when I went through the photos, I was like, oh my God, like there'd be like 10 photos of the rest of the audience and like 20 of my family is like, why? <laughs> this is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I've received racism at shows, so that wasn't very, I've been called all kinds of names at shows and I'm very petty. So I was just like, okay, you know what? You want to call me names? I'm going to beat you first. I'm going to make sure I beat you first. And then I'm going to report you to the judges. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. so I can get my satisfaction. Because you get to ride, I get to beat you, and then you get disqualified. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Serve them some of their own medicine, man. Right. Yeah. And then obviously, there's obviously the financial side of things, which it is what it is. It's an expensive sport. You've got to get creative to find your ways around that. I know to find a sponsorship is ridiculous I've been trying that for years mm-hmm. so it's literally getting creative now on the way I do things the way I approach businesses and things like that mm-hmm. and it's just getting access to good horses as well because it's like if you don't have a ton of money no one really wants to let you touch their expensive horse so if you can't buy your own no one wants to let you touch it because it's like saying can I ride your expensive horse like can I crash your Ferrari like just, you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You have to really, I guess, show some skill prior to, you know, for people to even take that chance. And even then, you know, if you don't have the money, you're not in the space where all yeah. If you don't have the money, you don't have the good horse, you can't prove yourself and you can't get sponsored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean we've talked to people who have very similar stories and at this point I'm like what is the I don't even say the solution but how what is the workaround what is how do we improve that because I don't think it's going to get any less expensive you know so one thing I have said is that I do I when I say I want to I'm working every single day towards going to an Olympic Games whether I'm at home, I might not be exercising. It's a lot of food in quarantine. (laughs) I'm at home, you know, I'll be sitting down. I've got a whole like notebook where I'm like, okay, this is the businesses I want to target. This is how I think they could help me. And while I'm progressing along this way, I'm kind of backtracking and saying, okay, how can I help the next person coming behind me? Mm -hmm. So they don't have to go through all of this again. So I was like trying to find owners, different things like that like people that have good good horses and might be willing to give people a chance proving myself to them and saying you know what there's other people like me that need just a chance so it's me trying to find these little steps to help break that sort of issue mm-hmm. yeah and I think everybody has to do their part you know we know we see the problem we see the need so us you know chipping away trying to get to the to the meat of that and helping others gain access to it you know i i personally like don't have any like 
major competition goals, like wanting to go somewhere. But if I can just increase the sheer number of people involved in this sport, you know, I'm good. I'm good with that. That's, that's a win for me. So we all just have to, you know, do our part in, in increasing the diversity in this sport at all levels at this point. Yeah. And that's why I'm so happy to work with Urban Equestrian because they give me the opportunity to increase that diversity. Like the kids, they're all from like black, Asian, minority, ethnic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And it's just literally like sparking them to want to drive, to want to compete, to want to engage. And there's so many kids that are involved and they're based in Leicester, which is like city two hours away from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of working with them and annoying a lot of people in high places to try and get something like that running in London because I think we really need it like there is um Ebony Horse Club but they only operate an area two miles around them which isn't very isn't very big London's huge mm-hmm. so it's more trying to get more kids in the like in London access to things like this and I really it's not just about me I want to influence younger the younger generation like my little sister I try to teach her how to ride I try <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I did say that one thing I would like to do is when I eventually have the money, get youngsters. So the issue of riders not having access to um, top quality horses, I'd rather buy top quality youngsters, bring them on myself and then give the next generation of riders something to ride where they're not having to struggle to try and get like a good ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Tell, tell us a little bit about um, Urban Equestrian Academy. Like what, how did you first get involved with that? So I'm from Antigua and so I'm half Antigua and half Jamaican and I'm from London and I absolutely love horses. So I was just scrolling through Facebook one day and I saw this video on, I think it was Russell Howard's Good News, which is like a show that I absolutely love. And it's like, oh yeah, black equestrians. I'm like, oh, oh my God, black people. Oh my gosh, horses. Oh my God, Antigua. I was like, oh, I was literally like <laughs> freaking out. And I watched the whole video and then I looked up Frieden's name. So I found his book and then I was like, five minutes later, I found his Instagram and I DM'd him. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm writing for Renee. I'm from Antigua, blah, blah, blah. I love horses. I love what you're doing. I want to get involved. And just from there, it, it sparks. That's awesome. That's awesome. Freedom seems like a very welcoming person. He is. It's like, from you join the other question, it's part of a giant family. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many of us, even now, we were talking like an hour ago. Like there's so many of us, we all talk like regularly. We all communicate, we'll just send each other funny videos. Like it's just a giant extended family that you can always talk to about anything. Mm-hmm. That's so dope when you can finally find that among people who look like you, especially when you didn't know it existed. And then you're like, where has this been the whole time? <laughs> I know, yeah. that's, that's literally how I thought. I'm like, it's been where? <laughs> and you have the same interests and in the background I was like (gasps) yeah yeah that is definitely a rarity I can see how that would be all the way over there you guys are far away from home you know so Mm -hmm. well that's cool that's cool I remember on our uh what was it one of the times that we were on zoom (laughs) in the past I was the first one I slept through this (laughs) Yes, yes, yeah. The first it was the first one. Um, you mentioned that you were doing artwork for the kids. 
Um, do you do a lot of art or, you know, have you kind of tried to pursue that in any way? So as part of my way how I've been finding my writing so far is I do like graphic design and web design on the side. So I've been doing recently like animations for this lady I know that does backpacks. I've been doing children's books. Um, I was animating the urban equestrian kids and then I'm currently working on a few websites. So one for myself, um, one for my older cousin and one for one of my close friends. Um, and then just sort of trying to build a portfolio for myself. And then I was going to put it all up together on a website and start like a proper service mm -hmm. now that I have a lot more time at home. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I've been doing art for a while. It's kind of like my side passion next to horses. So I kind of use it where I can. Yeah. That's I'm all yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same boat, girl. I'm in the same boat. Yes. This, uh, that my side gig has definitely been funding YBE. <laughs> somebody, somebody got to. <laughs> so how would you say horses have affected your life? So it's taken up most of my time to be fair. Um, it's literally my drive, my motivation for everything now, like getting through school. I'm not really like, sort of person that enjoys school a lot so it's just more I'd be sitting down watching FBI videos in my lunch breaks and it's taken up a huge part of like my day-to-day -day activities like I have to you know like I'll sit down and I'll meditate and when I'm meditating I'm like envisioning myself at the Olympics and things like that it's like my whole mindset has been changed and then over summer every single day I was at my friend's farm Horses need grooming, horses need riding, horses need mucking out, teaching pony camps. Like, mm -hmm. if I'm not physically at the barn, I'm mentally at the barn. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's how you learn, doing what you can. And I always say that with what you, with what you have. Because mm -hmm. um, one day you'll get it and then you'll know what to do with it instead of just, you know, waiting around and not using this time wisely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um... I keep playing the quote from Trevor Claiborne, Farmer Brown, uh, that I posted today. Like, I don't know, anytime that I have like a, a question of doubt or like, mm, mm, I should, mm, I think of his quote and he said something to the effect of um, people usually don't pay you to shine your light, they pay you to dim it. So don't wait for someone to pay you to shine, you know, shine on your own. And I'm like, okay, you know, that definitely centers me, you know, gets you back focused. And I'm like, all right, you know, is it, it's not dependent upon anybody else to get this done. You know, you got to rely on yourself. So I think that you definitely have the drive that you need to get where you want to go. And for me, it's like, I know there'll be days where I'll get all frustrated and upset and I'm crying because I'm like, I can't do it. I can't make it. And then I'm just like, okay, like this is no, no journey is going to be easy. I know this is part of it. I know that if I keep pushing, I'll eventually get somewhere. So even though I'm not where I want to be now, I know that if I keep working like in like five, 10 years, ho hopefully sooner, I'll reach somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you need to just cry it out. Like do that. And then woo, that was that was good. All right, moving on. 
you know, respect those feelings, acknowledge them, and then move on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, um, what advice would you give other aspiring equestrians? Um, one thing I'd say is find people that look like you to begin with. Like, going through all of this alone and then realizing, oh, wait, there are actually people that look like me that do this. It was a giant relief, but I kind of wish I did it at the beginning so I know I'm not alone. Um, find a good coach who believes in you because I've been through, I think, four or five coaches that just had no faith in me and were there for the money. Mm. Um, I think the biggest coach that supported me was one in Antigua Susie because she, she had faith in me and she would knock me down a few pegs. Find someone who is not afraid to tell you about yourself as well because you need to be told about yourself or you're not going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, also, believe in yourself and constantly tell yourself what you want to do, where you want to be and that you can achieve it because riding is like 60% mentality, 40% actual riding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that is so true. I know we've talked about several people who have like fallen off horses and you know they fall off once and fall off seems like repetitively and it's like what are you doing yeah. to continue to fall off you know and I don't think that it's something physical that they're doing you know sometimes once you you fall off one time the next time you even feel like you're in a pickle some people just jump <laughs> to be quite honest they're just like ah it's getting weird I'm gonna just bail sometimes you need to but sometimes you need to kind of develop that skill and stick it out so uh, I definitely think that you are right on that note yeah I want to know have you started thinking about what you're gonna do with baby when you return to ride horses and riding so I've been trying to think about it. Like, obviously, I've got a lot of family and friends around me. And a few of my friends are like, yeah, yeah, I'll come to the barn with you and watch Baby while you ride. I'm like, I will take you up on those offers. <laughs> I look very deep in the eyes and say, I will seriously take you up on this offer. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, it's more about, like, summertime, I don't mind taking her to the barn with me, like, with one of my sisters or something while I ride. And they just entertain her. She's very chilled out. Mm -hmm. But then it's, like, wintertime. I don't really want to take her out. And I, can't if I'm getting like seriously into it I can't not ride in the winter so it's about finding the balance until she's old enough to ride herself and then you know it's not really dragging her to the bar it's more her like yay let's go and ride uh -huh. <laughs> what time do you I'm um, not what time what age do you think you might start with her with riding this is very controversial so I'm not sure mm -hmm. I'm gonna say two <laughs> because my family won't kill me <laughs> So I get riding it too because she can walk and probably understands. But you know, so whenever she like shows interest and in she's, mm -hmm. I feel she's ready. Mm -hmm. So if it's like five, then fine. Yeah, I totally. But not, but not that long. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait that long. We need to see baby on a horse. On right. the it's so different. Would you grow up with that foal? It'll be great. I know. I, I always said, said if I had a daughter I want a foal that's born the same day as her mm. so they can grow up together 
I've yet to find a fault for Zendaya's hair, but I'm going to keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I mean, it's, yeah, that, that, let's, well, I guess I could have edited it, but um, I just want you to tell us a story about this baby foal, like, while in, we're in our episode um, at Urban Equestrian Academy, because I think, I mean, all the way across the water, we've been watching it, and it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, it wasn't even funny at the time it happened, so Urban and Freedom had basically messaged me saying they finally found a place, and he was looking for horses, so I was like, yay, I'm gonna find horses, because, like, this is my favorite thing to do, just look at horses on Facebook and, like, online, so I put a post on Facebook, and this really nice lady messaged me, and she was like, yeah, yeah, she had some horses there, and you know, she was looking for somewhat like somewhere for them to go, and Urban Equestrian seemed like like one of the great, like the best things for them to go to. So we met up. I speak, speak with, uh, I've been speaking with her back and forth, and we went up there and we saw them, and we're like, "Oh, this this mare's a bit fat." And she's like, "Yeah, you know, they've just been out in the field doing nothing for a while." So we're like, all of us thought, okay, maybe she's just a bit fat. Like, she looks pregnant, but she's not really like I know mares when they're close to being due, they're quite aggressive. Mm-hmm. like when you go to the belly she's like lovely you could rub off on her and everything so I always thought maybe she's just fat like maybe she's struggling to lose that baby weight you know it happens to the best of us <laughs> <laughs> so a few weeks down the line it's now time to move them up to less the where up the question is so like a two and a half hour drive so we go we go to load them and she was being a bit funny loading which really should have been the first giveaway but none of us we thought oh it's because she's in the field and she's and I've got a bit green. We took her up. They settled down really nicely. She had a foal who was, I think Spirit was like nine or 10 months at the time. Mm-hmm. So he was at her feet still. And, you know, we thought, didn't think much of it. They had settled down. I spent the day up, up in Leicester and then came back down because I had work. And about four o'clock in the morning, Freedom messaged me a video, but I was sleeping. So I didn't see it until I woke up at like six. And then he turned the camera at the mum and this little brown thing and then you turn the camera around and it's spirit and I'm like wait I thought that was I thought I, I thought that was spirit what, what's going on <laughs> I called him at like seven o'clock when he woke up because you know sociable hours and he's like he literally was sleeping at the stables and then he woke up and saw like this weird alien thing in the arena <laughs> falling over next to, <laughs> falling over and he's like why is spirit falling over and then he, on close inspection, he realizes a whole nother fall. So it just confused everyone. You're like the biggest surprise ever. <laughs> it was like, we were all like, and it kind of like in shock and then kind of angry for a while. We're like, one of three, now we have four, now we have to buy more food. Like, she eats enough as it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then now she's like part of the family. She's gotten so big. Like, have, have you guys seen the videos recently of her? I haven't. I haven't recently. Oh, she's gotten so big and she's like so fluffy and friendly. She's still fluffy, like that lovely, full fluffy still, and she's so friendly and getting really big now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she's she's the best surprise of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny him not knowing what it is, but just like there's something there. <laughs> there's something falling over over there. I'm not quite sure what that is. It's pitch black out here. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Babies are so cute. <laughs> you 
human some animal babies some animal babies aren't cute but most animal babies some human babies aren't cute quite <laughs> 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 <Why> honest <laughs> That is very true. But my mom told me when I was younger, um, when we went to the hospital when my little sister was a baby, well, when she was being born, mm-hmm. she said that my aunt, I embarrassed my aunt because I was looking in the glass at the nursery. Because, you know, back then you could look at the babies in the nursery. They didn't have like all these special rules. But anyway, she said I looked at one of these babies and I was like, ew, it looks like a pig. <laughs> she said my aunt was so embarrassed. <laughs> you don't have nurseries here. The baby stays with you. Well, that's good. I mean, that is good, but yeah, I know over here, America. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin was explaining to me. She's like, "It's great. You can they take the baby. You can get some sleep." And like, here you're put on a ward. Like, I had her at a birth center, so it's not in the middle of a hospital. But if you go to a hospital, you're on a ward with like maybe three or four other women in the room. Everyone's babies are crying. You're all tired, and like not for me <laughs> that sounds i don't know when you were describing that it just sounds like like a cow farm that's that's what i'm picturing really like i'm not even kidding <laughs> you have the baby you're moved into this other room with women who have babies unless you want to pay for a private room it, it's not very pleasant <laughs> oh gosh. you know just it's amazing the differences in what's normal in our country. I mean, we have free health care to be fair, so we can't really be complaining. Well, you know what? I would be definitely beside that woman. Like everyone's <laughs> born. Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> girl. Yeah, I don't even know how much the hospital rooms cost here. I'm pretty sure it's a couple thousand. Who knows? <laughs> Man, I just got my bill from falling off the horse. And I was like, okay, you mean to tell me that if I paid in cash when I went to get an x-ray, I could have paid $50, $50 less than if I went and then I did, I did like claim it on my insurance. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, let's just pretend like this didn't happen and I'll just pay you in cash. Right. So I got to call them. Let's see what I can say. <laughs> Cause that makes free healthcare. It sounds good right about now. It is when you fall off horses regularly. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to make that a regular occurrence, but uh, I thank God, touch wood that it doesn't happen. Have not fallen. That's ending me off in hospital yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's continue with that. Knock <laughs> on. I need to find some wood around here to knock on. I got some. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all have superstitions like that? A bit. I do. I do. Slightly superstitious. Not like if I step on a crack, I'm gonna break my mama back, but yeah, I'm not superstitious like that, like ladders and black cats and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, but I definitely still won't open an umbrella inside. <laughs> yeah, that's not I, I work in retail and I freak out every time customers open like umbrellas and so I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any other gems you want to share with us to get out to the YBE world? Um, all of us need to do a meetup. I keep saying this, like in Facebook groups, we need a YBE retreat or something. Like, all of ev- everybody who watches, make it happen. Like, guys, we <laughs> need to make it happen. 
I agree. Let's just all go to Antigua. It's right. We have Sam. We have C. What more do you need? <laughs> right. Let's go. We need sponsors. <laughs> we need a vacation. Come <laughs> to vacation, guys. <laughs> yes. Um, food everywhere. <laughs> the only other gem that I'd really share is please nobody give up no matter how bad it gets no matter how many times you fall no one give up one of us has to make it like mm-hmm. one of us needs to be the one that changes the game i keep saying it i want to i'm gonna get on a t-shirt because it's like my mantra right now be the game changer be the one that changes the game in eventing and show jumping and vaulting we need more black equestrians in the world we need to start mm-hmm. making this a normal because the next generation doesn't need to struggle like we are like it, it doesn't need to be this difficult it doesn't need to be how it is now we can make this huge difference by just carrying on by making our statements and be persistent in what you do like I'm constantly posting like just at the moment my Instagram's quite dry because just had baby and I've, I've been waiting to like make a comeback but I've constantly been trying to push other people you know do this do that advise other people if you see other people struggling don't put other black equestrians down we're struggling with enough as it is we don't need to be having internal conflicts if you see something that's wrong like in their videos and stuff on instagram i hate seeing that hate in the comments just privately message them and say guys you know you could do this this and this better but you're doing really well here like back every every negative comment back up with a positive one mm-hmm. you know support each other keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and you know keep being amazing I'm loving seeing all these videos and stuff like oh my days I'm really loving the videos like I'm living vicariously for everyone that I like right now so it's like the amazing videos I've just put the Compton's Cowboys book which I really can't wait to get yeah you know things like this we need more of write a book everyone write like write a book do YouTube channels like you know keep pushing out the story out there because eventually someone will pick up on it Mm -hmm. you don't know who's watching like Mm-hmm. you never know who's watching you you never know who's supporting you in the background who's cheering you on so just keep doing what you're doing and eventually it'll pay off mm-hmm. yeah. the yeah. days will be hard you want to cry you want to give up you want to binge eat mcdonald's it's fine like <laughs> you know keep keep doing what you're doing keep pushing keep being amazing and then we'll make it like we will make it as a whole it's not one against everybody else we will make it as a whole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and if you can I just want to ask you, what time is it there? Uh, it's nearly midnight. <laughs> okay. To prove, cool. my, <laughs> to prove my point, Renee has always liked our stuff, shared our stuff. Like, she'll show up to our Zooms and she's halfway across the world, okay? We can't get people who are down the street to show up to our stuff. So, I just want to thank you. Yes. publicly right now for <laughs> always promoting the life of the black equestrian and encouraging people to you know live their best life yes. I will always well you're so welcome guys I absolutely love what you're doing I was so excited when you DM'd me I was like <laughs> <laughs> I'm over excited about everything to be fair but I was so excited when you guys messaged me I'm like oh my gosh I can't wait to do this <laughs> yeah yeah so everybody felt that way (laughs) i know i know some people are like um let us we need to like vet you and you know see what you do first and it's like 
young black equestrian like right. that. It's in the name. It's, it's in, the name. in like, the name. You know, <laughs> we're not like out here like young black buckaroos or you know young black crazy horse riding breaking horses. <laughs> like no, we're we're literally here for the promotion of people of color in the horse industry. Like that's it. Oh my goodness, that reminds me. So today, I used to do this all the time, just Google the words um, black cowgirl, but today I had Googled black equestrian and I was looking and just to see, what was I looking for? I was looking for something, but anyway, the first thing that pops up is white women in black clothes. And I'm like, it still hasn't changed. Like it's been like that for a very long time and it still has not changed. And then I scrolled and I just, you know how Google has the different pages? I was like, okay, how many pages do I have to go to until I find somebody black? So on the first page, there's like three articles. That's how I found um, the girl that I posted yesterday. Jordan Allen? Uh-huh, that's how I found her. And then there's like two other articles. And then everything else is just white people. Like, there, nothing else came up. Yeah. I'm like, how is that still a thing? Yeah. I know did one interview, like one magazine interview, mm-hmm. and it's ridiculously hard to find it unless you Google my name. Well, yeah, it makes no sense to me. <laughs> I uh, I have the Google alerts that will send me emails for specific keywords uh, every day, and so I have black cowboy, black equestrian, um, my name just because I want to see where I show up just randomly, and I want to say that maybe young black equestrians just to see where we show up um but every day like i'll get a list of articles and it'll be like so and so was wearing a black cowboy hat and i'm like that ain't that not ain't. what i want <laughs> but very very seldom i mean now recently just because the compton cowboys book came out articles about them show up Mm-hmm. But very seldom, you know, do they actually pertain to a, what I was looking for. Um, and that's kind of how I, you know, post things about different movies coming out. Or um, a lot of times it's people who are doing like rodeos and stuff. But since we haven't been doing it, it's it hasn't been like that lately. So um I agree. I mean, even getting those, like, it's not black people. Mm-hmm. Black is a description on somebody white. <laughs> so it's it's ridiculous. And then it's like the other thing is, you know, we'll be like, yay, black cowboy hat or like black jodhpurs, but they don't fit black people because they're made for really skinny people. And I'm constantly screaming from the rooftops about this. Like, I can't find a pair of boots that fit. My thighs are too thick. Well, like my cot are too thick. I can't find a pair of boots that fit. Jodhpurs are either like too loose or too tight. There's, there's, mm-hmm. it's a struggle out here. Yeah, yeah. These birds are going ham over here. <laughs> the birds. <laughs> I just wonder, like, I mean, not what? Oh, I can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I wish that that there was like a blueprint you know even even you know the creation of um those like breaches and stuff 
for anybody, you know, what's already out there. Like, how do y'all go from beginning to end so that we can recreate this process for something that fits us? Mm. I'm interested in, in knowing that. Like, because wow. I will, you know, I know what works. Stretchy, high waist, and uh, a little bit of grip on the thighs. <laughs> Can't find all three in one apparently. You can't. One or the other. You can't. Or, or it's like just like bigger bras. Like they just be ugly. Yeah. Not Never solid. Different color. Yeah. Just brown. <laughs> brown yeah. and white. And white. Oh, white. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to do some research on that. I'll add that to my Google alerts. <laughs> But how do you even make something just not even just leave out a whole section of people? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we just gonna forego this size. Yeah, I mean, I think they just cater to who they think will buy mm-hmm. buy quickly when you know it's a whole market. <laughs> a whole market for it. <laughs> and I'm like, there's some white girl, there's some big white girls out there that I have seen riding. I'm like, whoo, girl, that's you find the nice breeches. That's what I'm like. And my first question is. Where'd you buy those? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I keep on bringing up random stuff. I've been on Facebook all day. But this lady had posted um, where she had bought some shirts from in the Black Female Equestrian Group. And this other girl was like, $1,000 for a shirt? <laughs> no, ma'am. Oh, yes. She, because they had asked where could they find some nice Western outfits and stuff just to wear on a daily basis. And this lady posted something for a thousand dollars. Oh, that's, new. A, horse. <laughs> right. that's a whole horse. <laughs> that is a feed bill for like two, three months. That is so many things besides a Western shirt. Right. She was like, no, ma'am, I just need this for like everyday wear. <laughs> she was like, I'm thinking more of a thrifting budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, y'all, that is one thing that I have been missing out on since this quarantine going to the thrift shop okay <laughs> like i haven't bought anything random in so long i just miss like i would say i miss shopping but amazon has taken far too much money from me since this quarantine began so maybe you should make I, an online thrift store is that the same <laughs> would that be the thrift my own stuff <laughs> wait wait i mean you could clean out your closet like pretty sure there's some stuff in that you forgot you had yes but (laughs) once i find it i didn't forget anymore (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm a hoarder Um, (laughs) like i'm not gonna show you this room i'm sitting in it's got a lot of supplies I love the giant unicorn in the background. I was looking at it earlier like, Dang, Kaylin got it for me. I found it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon's great. I've only purchased three things, though. the A blender, the Calgo, ooh, Compton Cowboys book, <laughs> and um, some braided hair so I can braid my hair. I got some, too. I started braiding my hair, and then I'm like, Oh no! I'm gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> that is all right. That's all right. See, 
Okay, this is, I feel like we're like out of the interview. So, you know, <laughs> hold on a second. Let, let me wrap up and then we can keep talking. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> All right, Renee, thank you so much for talking to us today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your night with your baby and just chatting with us all the way across the world. So I really appreciate that. Thank you guys for having me. I really do appreciate you guys messaging me as well. I love it here. Um, hopefully I do something amazing in the future and I can come back with some better content for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, anyone who's watching this, follow these guys if you don't already. Mm -hmm. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sharing. You gotta tell us where to find you too. I'll tell you where to find me, but all my family and friends, I know this is on Facebook, guys. I can see you. Follow them. I like their pages. <laughs> you can catch me um, on Instagram at ebony underscore in underscore equestrian. Um, that's the main platform I'm up, that I'm on for riding right now. I have Twitter, but I don't really use it. Um, and my Facebook feed fades off my Instagram feed. So you might as well just follow me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, my Facebook is Renee James Equestrian, though I'm not sure what's on there right now. Um, and yeah, I'm friendly. You can drop me a DM anytime that you guys want any other black questions, anyone who has questions, anyone who wants to talk foolishness. Like, I'm on my phone most of the days, guys. Just message me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good night. You too. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. I am so excited that we have come this far. A lot of you have been listening for so long and for us to make it into 2020 and it is the month of June, it is just amazing to have the support. Please head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a comment, leave a review, let us know what you think and some topics that you would like to hear, even someone that you want us to talk to. See you next week.